Money FM 89.3, the best of prime time. Thanks for joining us on Primetime. You're with Bharati Jagdish and Timothy Go. Now, small and medium-sized enterprises, or SMEs, and mid-sized companies, they're the backbone of many countries' economies. In fact, smaller companies represent 90% of all companies, and they're responsible for nearly 70% of both jobs and GDP worldwide. Yet, yeah. recent uh, research highlight that more than half of SMEs and mid-sized companies are fighting for survival as their top challenge. Talent acquisition and talent retention, one of the biggest challenges faced by SMEs around the world, highlighted by a recent study from the World Economic Forum and the National University of Singapore. So as we enter the new year, coupled with geopolitical tensions, hyperinflation and supply chain disruptions, how can SMEs really prepare themselves for the future so that a future crisis won't cripple them? Dr. Rashima Raja, lecturer of management and organization at the National University of Singapore Business School joins us now to help us out. Hi, Rashima. Hi, thanks for having me. So, Rashima, we just listed a whole range of challenges, geopolitical tensions, the energy crisis, supply chain disruptions, hyperinflation. And SME bosses often tell me that they spend almost all of their time just putting out fires. They don't even have time to step back to look at some of their long-term concerns, such as talent acquisition and retention, so that they can get out of the mode of putting out fires. So tell us more about what you have found in your study and how this problem can be resolved. Well, basically what we found in the study is that, yes, we have about 67% of the SMEs whom we interviewed saying that they're in constant firefighting mode and we have these global sustainability agendas. You know, how are SMEs supposed to, you know, aim for sustainable goals if they cannot even break even, right? Mm. So what we found was that actually SMEs, smaller and medium-sized companies can do more to pivot to sustainability. They can actually make changes in terms of digital transformation. And I'd like to note at this point that it is actually easier for smaller companies to enact change. They are more agile, they're more adaptable. If they want to make changes, they can communicate it easier. So even though they're in constant firefighting mode and might want to think short term, they can actually enact changes quicker if they put their minds to it. Well, we always think about it that way for smaller businesses. They are more agile and they should be more agile, but we're also following a business model sometimes that is perhaps a little bit more outdated, tried and tested business model. So how do we get out of this kind of mindset and really become more agile and adapt to whatever is new out there? That is a very fair point. Actually, a lot of SMEs are family businesses and they have their legacy business models. So it is up to the new generation to kind of challenge that. And I think one of the ways is to really try to revamp the company mission Mm -hmm. and vision such that it leads to the sustainability goals that I was mentioning earlier, right? ESG investment is on the rise and it really does help SMEs if they can focus their business models to something that is attractive for investors who are looking for greener ways to invest their money. 
But Rashima, as you said earlier, all of this is only possible for SMEs if they put their minds to it. And I think (laughs) that is the big battle here, right? To convince them of the business case for being more sustainable. I think the carbon tax in Singapore will do that to some extent, (laughs) but beyond that, right? And to convince them of the business case for attracting the right type of talents and retaining talent as well. So how do you propose this can be done more effectively? Let's talk about talent. Yes, talent acquisition and retention is one of the biggest challenges faced by SMEs, but they can also use their strengths to their advantage. So where the bigger companies would offer bigger remuneration packages or maybe more straightforward career trajectories, SMEs can bank on things that are very valued by the workforce nowadays, which is values alignment and making sure that employees receive the mentorship and guidance that they need. The great resonation wave from 2020 and 2021 shows us that there are many people who are willing to leave an organization, a well-paying job, if it doesn't fit into their life purpose or it doesn't give them a sense of meaning for work, right? And this is something that SMEs can bank on. In fact, SMEs have an advantage in terms of making sure that employees are hired based on values alignment. So instead of looking at SME, instead of SMEs looking at themselves like, hey, I'm at a position of a disadvantage, they can actually they actually have unique strengths that can help them to further sustainability goals, talent acquisition and so on. So how do you present these strengths of SMEs to your potential talent that will make them want to work with you? So what we found was that compared to bigger companies, smaller companies are already doing that in form of talent acquisition. They are hiring more based on talent fit. And when I talk about fit, it's not about hard skills or technical qualifications. It is about employees who live and breathe the mission, so to Mm. speak. Someone who really believes in pushing the company above and beyond. And we have also observed how, as recent as the global pandemic, how employees remain loyal to smaller companies, even though they don't have those generous bonus packages, even if they're on unpaid leave, they tend to stick with SMEs and and they thrive through crisis together Mm. with this strategy. I do still hear from young job seekers who say that they would rather go to a brand name company. So have you heard this in your experience? Yes, of course. I'm a lecturer and my students who want to graduate, Ah. um, of course, are also looking at bigger MNCs. I do understand the need for stability. But then we have to also point to the fact that not all of these big brand name companies are so stable. We've seen so many of them lay off staff in recent times. Yes, in the tech sector, definitely. There are more than 100,000 layoffs in the US alone, yeah. Yeah, so how do you convince them to give SMEs another chance, even though they may not have a brand name that is sought after? Well, that's a very good question. And I do recognize that there are still young graduates who would prefer to work in a bigger company. But what I'm also hearing is that a lot of them want to use the experience as a stepping stone and so that they can later on pursue something that is more meaningful and that is more in line with their life purpose, right? So I have, like I said, a final year undergrad in, in my class. 
And many of them have done internships in bigger companies. Mm -hmm. While some of them do move on to work in those big companies, where I do sense most loyalties when they either internet smaller companies or they actually find out, hey, an MNC may give me tangible benefits in terms of compensation and leave or vacation days, but a smaller company might be more in line with my passion. So it comes down to, do you want to be a small fish in a bigger sea or a big fish in an MNC? <laughs> I, mean, I was wondering why you said sea instead of pond. <laughs> now we get it. But, you know, it's like if you are a bigger fish in a SME, rather, um, you get to see the changes like firsthand that you are working on as compared to a bigger company. For sure. Nowadays, again, I'm going back to the great resignation wave. And nowadays, job seekers are looking for a more holistic package. And even MNCs are struggling to kind of offer more uh, opportunities in terms of networking or other types of mentorship or professional development. But SMEs already have that. Mm-hmm. Precisely because they don't have the financial means and they, they have to be more creative with their packages. So that's when we SMEs are actually at the forefront when it comes to talent acquisition and retention. Mm, but clearly they need to do more because smaller companies are also saying that while they have become more digital, for instance, they are lagging behind when it comes to digital transformation and benefits. And you too spoke of SME bosses who say that they're constantly in firefighting mode. So how to bridge some of those operational gaps and some of those gaps when it comes to transformation and innovation, for instance, and get them to take a step back to relook mm-hmm. at some of their talent acquisition policies, to relook at some of their sustainability goals as well, to actually slow down so that they can speed up yeah, later on. For sure. Investment and in digital infrastructure is expensive. So in fact, our study also found that smaller companies tend to lag behind in terms of digital transformation efforts and in terms of the infrastructure that they already have. So there are a few ways to go about this. Number one, when we talk about digital transformation or using AI to increase the quality of your products and services, small companies don't have to actually formulate these AI algorithms from scratch on their own. Our study has found some uh, best practices from case study companies where they actually leverage their network with, let's say, Silicon Valley startups that already have that kind of AI algorithm to help them. Mm -hmm. So that's one way to rely on networks. So piggyback Um, on others. Why not if you can? Exactly. And the World Economic Forum has a community of smaller companies where we share best practices with each other, right? And also one thing that I'd like owners and decision makers of SMEs to realize is that this is kind of a twin transformation with digital transformation and sustainability. You can actually use digital innovations to pursue sustainability agendas, right? At the bigger level, we have, you know, public transportation that's powered by electric vehicles or you have AI to, I don't know, intelligently irrigate (laughs) agriculture. So there are many ways that technology can be used to pursue sustainability goals. And it's this twin transformation. And compared to bigger companies, yes, bigger companies have the resources and the money to uh, do this R&D. But small companies have the agility, adaptability. They can pivot. But you are right that they do have to take a step back and reassess the vision. And they actually need to also rally the talent behind this initiative to make sure that employees are also on board because change management is not easy. And again, I completely understand that 
smaller companies feel like they do not have time to do this. But we have, again, best case practices like Palo IT, an IT company based in Singapore. They actually sat down together with all their employees five years ago. Mm-hmm. Everyone just helped to revamp the vision. And now they're kind of one of the, one of the leading tech for good companies worldwide. Yeah, I mean, the communication portion, I think, is very important. So if you were faced today with an SME boss who says, you know, Rashima, I don't have time for all of these highfalutin things. I'm just trying to survive here, still putting out fires. What would you say to him or her? I would say start small. There are many steps to digital transformation, for instance. We have in our report uh, three phases to digital transformation. Start with just one. Start small. You don't have to revamp your vision if you feel that that is going to uh, receive a lot of pushback. But there are small areas. So when it comes to things like waste management, you can actually use digital tools to track and monitor the amount of waste that you're producing. And when you do that, use technology and to reduce waste, you're also pursuing sustainability agenda. You're also saving money by waste reduction. So I would suggest make small steps for big impact. And of course, if they wanted support in terms of seeing all of this more clearly, they can get support from various government agencies as well, right? In for Singapore. sure. I mean, in Singapore, for sure, in Singapore, enterprise SG gives out a lot of grants if you can prove that you have a business case that suits sustainability agenda, right? And in Singapore, I think we're doing a very good job, like you were mentioning the current text. There are efforts to recognize sustainability initiatives from uh, smaller companies. So I think we, are, we still have some way to go. There could still be some more rules and regulation in place, like in Europe, for instance. Uh, but I think the government is already doing a lot. And I think in Singapore, we are very lucky to have a very supportive policy environment. So there you go. One small step at a time. Dr. Rashima Raja, lecturer of management and organization at the National University of Singapore Business School, joining us here on Primetime. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.